0: podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than Food and Frightening Film Fanatics. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please give us a five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright. Contact us by email at foodandfright at gmail.com or check out our website at com. Um... And just our usual disclaimer, heavy spoilers ahead, turn back now if you have not seen these movies. And today we're doing what we are calling a single serving size episode, and that's an episode that's a standalone movie, or in this case, uh, a standalone movie and a sequel, and not part of a large franchise, which is what we do most of the time during this podcast. And today's uh, movie is 28 Days Later, and its sequel, 28 Weeks Later, 28 Days Later, is from 2002. It's a British film directed by Danny Boyle, and he's done lots and lots of other movies, including Train Trainspotting, Slumdog Millionaire, The Beach, um, Steve Jobs, Shallow Grave, lots of stuff. It was written by Alex Garland. I think this was was his first screenplay. And it stars Cillian Murphy, Naomi Harris, Christopher Eccleston, who you may know him as Doctor Who, Megan Burns, and Brendan Gleeson. And he's also done a ton of other things, including Mr. Mercedes and Gangs of New York, just to name two. The movie was produced by Andrew McDonald. Then five years later was 28 weeks later, so that was in 2007. Uh, This time it was executive produced by Danny Boyle and Alex Garland and produced by Andrew McDonald again. It was directed by Juan Carlos Fresnadillo, starring Robert Carlyle, and you may remember him. He played Rumpelstiltskin on ABC's Once Upon a Time. Rose Byrne, she's been in tons of things. Jeremy Renner, Imajean Poots, Harold, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, Parano, and he was in Lost, and Z Nation, and a bunch of other things. Macintosh um, Muggleson, and Idris Alba has a small role here. Um, I wish it was longer, but uh, at least it's a small part here. So, Rotten Tomato scores. The first 20... One which was twenty-eight days later, critics gave it an eighty six percent, audiences gave it eighty-five percent. The second one twenty-eight weeks later, critics gave it a seventy-one percent, audiences gave it a sixty-seven percent. So the plot of the first movie and the intro is very similar to the beginning of The Walking Dead, and that's where a man wakes up in a hospital, and in this case it's Jim, and he's been in a coma for a month due to a bicycle accident. He was a bicycle courier, and the hospital is deserted and is in disarray. He goes outside, and there is no one to be seen anywhere, which is very unusual in the crowded streets of London. So those were some really great visuals of just him and some buildings and nobody else around. Uh, He sees in a newspaper that there is something called a rage virus, and we saw as the first scene of the movie that... Monkeys were intentionally injected with it for experimentation purposes, and then a pedalite group broke into the facility to free them. They thought they were doing a good thing, but instead, uh, the scientist there says they're infected and begs them not to release uh, the chimp, but they do anyway. And he runs straight for a girl and bites her and infects her. And we learned that from this virus, if you come in contact with even One drop of blood or saliva from an infected person, you will turn in 10 to 20 seconds. So it is super fast. Um, And then you can obviously tell the infected, um, their eyes turn red, they start twitching, and then they want to attack anyone and anything around them. Uh, Before we go any further, in case you're thinking these are really not zombies, that's true. They're technically not zombies, and in this movie they're referred to as the infected, Um, but they're close enough, and this is referred to as a zombie movie. So, we're going with zombies. Uh, No, they're not dead. They won't reanimate if they're killed. They just have a virus. Um, These are also fast-moving creatures not like the slow moving ones from night of living dead, so that makes them doubly dangerous, so Jim finally meets up with a few people um who help him survive. I don't think he would have been able to do it on his own, and there's Selena and Mark, and then later Hannah and her father and uh, they hear that there is a safe zone uh there's a recording on the radio that they hear. Uh, of a safe zone where they have a cure. So they travel to this place along a deserted highway in a taxi. Those are great visuals, too. And there they run into a group of soldiers. Um, I won't go into the specifics of the rest of the movie, but as always uh, in zombie movies, the humans are typically much, much more dangerous than the actual zombies. So... um That's the basic plot of 28 Days Later, and then comes 28 Weeks Later, and it's seven months after the initial outbreak, and American soldiers have arrived to help uh, rebuild and populate London. This also has a great intro scene. A group of people are in a boarded-up house, so there's a husband and wife, uh, an older couple, a couple other people. A girl whose boyfriend went outside and never came back. I guess it's a couple of days later. And a child beats on the door and begs for them to let him in. And uh, the guy doesn't want to, but the woman, Alice, um, begs for him to be let in. They let him in, but of course, behind him is a horde of the infected. And they break in through all the windows and doors and start chasing all the people inside around. And the man, who's named Don, leaves his wife um because she went back to try to save the little boy so basically he just uh, is a coward and left her there and went running out into the fields and that's another good visual because over the hill are all of these infected that are chasing him and he's running like crazy he runs down to a creek where there's a boat and the guy from one of the guys from the house is in the boat and they try to get the boat started all the infected are in the water attacking them Uh, the other guy, again, doesn't make it, and Don doesn't do anything to help him, but Don gets away in the boat, and that's the last we see of him for a little bit. So you probably don't want to be hanging around with Don, uh, during the zombie apocalypse because he's not going to do anything to try to help you if something happens. But it does, uh, show the rough decisions that people would have to make in such a situation. Um... As I said, this is an excellent intro scene. Too bad the rest of the movie isn't this good. Uh, What happens next is we see uh, two young people heading back into London. Uh, The Americans are allowing people back in uh, into something called the Green Zone, which is a safe zone while they try to clean up the rest of the city. And it turns out that Don indeed did survive, and he is like the uh I don't know what you call it, caretaker, administrator of uh, the green zone area, so he has keys to everything. So these are his two kids and they were sent away to Spain um in a in a good uh in a lucky uh good timing. They were sent away to Spain before this all started so they were safe and then they come back. Um the two kids though The younger kid says he doesn't have any pictures to remember his mother by. So his older sister, uh, and he sneak out, and the soldiers see them, so they're following them. They sneak out of the green zone to go to their house. And surprisingly, when they get to the house, they see the mother. And initially, that's Alice. That was from the intro. Initially, you think that she is infected because she looks like she's infected, but she's not. So the soldiers are right behind them. They pick her up. They take her back. And it turns out that she has some sort of genetic factor going on in her blood that she is a carrier of the virus but is not infected herself. So Don, of course, has told the children previously that their mother was dead and made up some story about it besides him leaving her there. And he sees her. He uses his master key card to get into where she's being contained by the soldiers and tells her he loves her and kisses her, but of course, she's a carrier. So he gets it infected, and then this starts the zombie apocalypse all over again. So he goes crazy. He attacks her and kills her by pushing his thumbs through her eyeballs, which is pretty horrible to watch and this uh, is reminiscent of Jim also did this to one of the soldiers in the first movie. So he spreads it to a lot of other people and the government uh, their procedure was they would first try to contain the spread of the virus and if they couldn't they would just start killing everyone so the soldiers first start shooting everyone and then they're still not getting anywhere so they decide they're going to firebomb a place. So the doctor who's Rose McAllen uh, the soldier, <coughs> Jeremy, and the two kids, um, Tammy and Andy, try to escape. And the doctor knows that Andy may have the cure um, and Tammy may have the cure in their blood um, for a vaccine for this since their mother was a carrier. So they try to make it out of town. The infected are right behind him all the time. Uh, people keep dying and um, the soldier... And the doctor end up giving their lives to set, to keep the two kids alive. They finally make it to where a helicopter has landed, and they carry them off of the island. Um, so that's the next to the last scene is them in the helicopter leaving England. Um, and then there's another scene uh, right after that where we just see a brief glimpse of the infected right below the Eiffel Tower, so the virus has also spread to France. They had mentioned that in the first movie as well, but we weren't sure what was true and what was just a made-up story at that point. So that's the basic gist of the second movie. Uh, Now for trivia. So there was also a graphic novel called 28 Days Later, The Aftermath, and this bridges the timeline between the two movies, and it tells how the Ebola-like virus was used by scientists. Oh, no, actually, the actual Ebola virus was used by scientists and the test subjects, the monkeys, uh, which then turned into the rage virus. There's also a 2009 comic book series entitled 28 Days Later from Fox, Atomic, and Boom Studios, and it focuses more on the story of Selena. And 28 Days Later... Um, the music was by John Murphy, and there's a number of good songs on there, but one called In a a House, In a Heartbeat has become the 28-day theme, and it's used multiple times throughout the first movie and also during the sequel. So here is how that song sounds. Again, this is called In a House, In a Heartbeat. Hope you enjoyed that uh, song. I really like it. That's one of my favorite horror theme songs. Um, So 28 Days Later had a budget of $8 million and a box office of $82.7 million. So it definitely was a big hit. And the shots of the deserted London and Freeway were done early Sunday mornings by having the streets closed for a couple of minutes at a time. So if you watch the first movie again, it really just shows like a, a short snippet of an empty, you know, scanning an empty um, highway or whatever, and that's because they could only shoot them in little short breaks. The film was also shot almost entirely in sequence, which is very unusual for movies. All of the infected or dead bodies were played by athletes, gymnasts, or dancers, and they were hired so that they could move in a certain way, and uh Danny Boyle wanted to depict them as being stronger since they were infected and they also attended workshops to perfect their moves the hospital where Jim was is a real hospital that was only open during the week and they shot on the weekend Ewan McGregor and Ryan Gosling were offered the roles of Jim previously and Robert Carlyle turned down the role originally of Major Henry West, and, but he went on to, of course, be in the sequel as Don. Boyle and Garland based the rage virus on Ebola or Marburg, and they were influenced by bioterrorism attacks in London. The part of Jim was supposed to be British, but uh, Murphy struggled with the accent, so they let him use his natural Irish accent, since there are lots of Irish people in London anyway. So I think he re-recorded all of the lines in post-production. And we'll ignore the fact that Jim would really not have survived 28 days in a coma because he wouldn't have had any water, and without water... Uh, or IVs, he would be dead in probably three days, but we'll let it slide. Uh, almost the entire film was shot using an XL1 digital camera. I don't know what that is, but that is something that had not been done previously and it gave the movie a documentary feel, a feel, and this also enabled them to quickly set up shots. Um, and this is something that could not be done with regular cameras. So this is the first time um, all digital cameras were used in shooting a major film. Cillian Murphy would go on to be the Scarecrow, Dr. Jonathan Crane, in some Batman movies. And Naomi Harris would go on to be Eve Moneypenny in the James Bond movie Skyfall and Spectre. And I think she's in Bond, whatever the new one that's coming out. Is it called Bond 25? It's Bond something with a number. Uh, Stephen King was a big fan of the movie. And as with The Walking Dead and pretty much all the other zombie movies, is the humans who are bad or worse than other zombies, as I mentioned before. But it's worth saying again. Hannah, played by Megan Burns, grew up to form a goth band called Betty Curse. And the extras who played the dead bodies in the church worked for free Uh, and were college students. So I think they worked for a cup of tea, or coffee. Um, In terms of the similarities between 28 Days Later and The Walking Dead, the movie came out before the TV series, and then I read somewhere, as some people have said, you know, one was copying the other, but I don't know if it's Danny Boyle or someone was talking about we needed a way to depict a person who had been isolated from society for a while so that all of this occurred uh while they were out of touch and then they come back. So there aren't a whole lot of ways to do that. So one way of course is what they did here and in The Walking Dead, which is to have the person in a coma in the hospital. Uh, another way you could do it is have them locked away in a you know, in a prison or somewhere underground but there aren't a ton of things you can do with that, so it might just be a coincidence. Uh, There's a YouTube video called Pure Rage, The Making of 28 Days, and that gives you a brief behind-the-scenes look and also talks about uh, if a virus like this could actually happen. And that's one of the reasons this movie is so frightening, because um, a virus is... You know, that seems very much within the realm of something that could really happen, as we've seen with Ebola, unlike the other causes of some of these zombie epidemics, which are things like meteorites or radiation, that sort of thing. And, of course, we know that neither Danny Boyle nor George A. Romero refer to their creatures as zombies. Okay, there are a number of possible endings to 28 days later. Um, I think there are five, um, but only three were filmed. Anyway, there's more information about it on YouTube. So there's the original ending and the original ending was Jim dies after Selena and Hannah get him to the hospital. And this ending was apparently included in a number of U.S. copies when the movie was released theatrically. Then there is, of course, the ending that we have, which is um, them being in the countryside and a helicopter or or a plane flying over and hopefully seeing them because they've used um, all the cloth or fabric they have to write out help and put it out there in the field. So that's the ending that you will see if you order this movie on YouTube. Then there's a, there's one where the movie just ended when Hannah crashed the car into the gate, which is the next to the last scene uh, in the movie the way it is now. There's a scene where Jim still dies, but um, you see Hannah and Selena at the farm later, There's a scene where Jim dies, but he has a dying dream that he's again riding his bicycle. And then there's something called The Radical Alternative Ending, which was never filmed. And it's a different version of the film. It follows a different path after Frank's death. Remember, he got a drop of blood from the infected to the eye, courtesy of a crow. And apparently, Jim, um, in this version, rescues Frank by getting him to the same uh facility where the chimp originally was released and they managed to do a blood transf the scientist there manages to do a blood transfusion um and replace all of Frank's blood. They didn't go with this idea because they couldn't figure out a way in the story to have it so that uh every drop of a person's blood could be replaced in some way. So that's all the endings I know about. Please let me know if you know more. Um, I hear that on the DVD Blu-rays there are also a number of alternative endings, but like I said, you can check out some of them on YouTube as well. Now on to 28 Weeks Later. Boyle Garland and McDonald's first idea for a sequel was to be called 29 Days Later. It would have... It would have followed one of two paths that I've read about. One would be following the surviving characters from the first movie, and then the other version had some British Marines trying to rescue the Prime Minister and the Queen. Uh, They finally settled on a later time frame in order to depict what the effects of the rage virus would be like over time. Danny Boyle couldn't direct the sequel because he was doing the movie Sunshine from 2007, and both Naomi Harris and Cillian... Murphy also had other commitments. Danny Boyle uh, did contribute, and as I said previously, he was the executive producer, and he also made the suggestion about the eyeball hemorrhage as a sign of a carrier. So we saw that in Alice, and then we saw that in Andy. I think that works very well as a visual. If the farm where Dawn and Alice hide at the start of the film looks familiar, it was also the setting for... Children of Men from 2006. The night scenes were shot day for night in order to avoid using costly CGI and to make it look like the lights were out at night throughout London. Uh, They shot for two weeks in London's Charing Cross Underground Station. And interestingly, in this movie, they say it takes five weeks for the infected to die of starvation uh, some sources say for humans it would take eight to twelve weeks to to starve to death. Uh, I'm not sure if that means um, the infected have a you know accelerated metabolism or something, but that dates a little bit off from in reality how long it would take. A number of the actors in this movie also appear in Marvel movies, so Rose Byrne, Jeremy Rimmer, and Idris Elba. And the final scenes with the Infected Attacking Paris were decided on two weeks before wrapping up. The director traveled to Paris with a small group and um, digital cameras, and they shot the scene in one afternoon. Uh, future developments. There has been talk for some time since the last movie, 2007, of a third movie, and it's never really gone anywhere, But as of June of this year, Danny Boyle has said he and Garland uh, have been in discussions about it. And many people have suggested that it will be called 28 Months Later. So we'll see if that ever happens. I would be game for it if if they do. Why should you watch these movies? So 28 Days Later is credited with invigorating the zombie genre. So, it, along with Resident Evil and the remake of The Dawn of the Dead were three important movies around that time. Um, before that, there was an abundance of teen slasher movies, and there always is an abundance of teen slasher movies, but uh, at least it brought something else um, to the public. Because how many slasher movies can you watch? I watch a lot. but um, So, that was great. And then at one time, 28 Days Later, was ranked by Time Out Magazine, as the ninety seventh best British movie ever, also on that list is Wicker Man, which we talked about uh, two podcasts ago. And Twenty Eight Days Later is often ranked among the top horror movies of all time by a number of sources. On to the recipe. It should come as no surprise that I tried to find something from London. Uh, We talked a little bit about British foods again when we talked about Wicker Man. um, I tried to get something that was limited to the uh, shore um, or to Scotland for that one. So this one is from uh, neo 6 londoncom and there are, let's see, six. So the first one is an English breakfast and that includes fried eggs, sausage, white and black pudding, bacon, mushrooms, baked beans, hash browns, toast, and half a tomato. That's obviously a pretty sizable breakfast so people aren't eating that every day I don't suspect. Then there is the very popular fish and chips and this might be the most famous British dish that Americans know about. It began in the I think it's the 1860s uh, with battered fish And then the chips, of course, are French fries and not what we consider chips, which are potato chips. An interesting note also is that the waste oils used from fish and chips um, end up becoming part of biodiesel fuel. So that's pretty cool. Then there's something called pie and mash, and that consists of minced beef and cold water pastry pie served with a mashed potato. And this food originated in London, originally among the working class. Then there's something called Eaton Mess. So Eaton and then M-E-S-S. And that's a dessert that originated in Eaton College in the 1890s. It's typically strawberries, uh, broken meringue, and whipped heavy cream. There are, of course, uh, variations of this, but the strawberry one is the classic. Then there are cockles, which you've heard uh, any bedtime stories, cockles and bells. So cockles are a small clam that is that was consumed on London's East End. And if you like uh, clams, mussels, oysters, cockles are worth a try. And then lastly is afternoon tea. Served between 3.30 and 5.00. The habit of having a light meal in the afternoon originated in the upper classes in the 1840s, and they might include such things, of course, as tea or champagne or some other alcoholic beverage, uh, finger sandwiches, cucumber, egg and cress, scones, cakes, pastries, and bread and butter. I'll put those in the notes. Um, And in conclusion... Some people have said that at this point, 28 Days Later is a bit dated, but I still love the original movie. Um, the cinematography was originally shot so that it was grainy to start with, so that's fine. I think it still holds up pretty well. The pacing's good. Th- these are characters that we grow to care about. Um, the shots of an isolated London and the countryside are some of the best in cinema. Um... Unfortunately, you can't... Well, you can't say the same about 28 weeks later. Now, when I originally watched this, you know, many years ago, I thought it was an okay movie. I mean, it didn't stand out to me as one of the best. But this time, I watched both of the movies back-to-back. And I got to say, by the uh, end of the second movie, I was just mad at these people. Um, I mean, they... I don't really like any of these characters. I like the original the mother Alice, but of course she died in the beginning. Definitely don't like Don. Um the kids I don't really like. Um they just they don't spend enough time building the characters up enough for us to care about them, unlike the first movie. Um there's lots and lots of explosions, so that's great. And there's lots of infected running around trying to attack people and that's great, but the The characters just make such stupid decisions that it, it completely takes me out of the movie over and over again. Um, so, like I said, um, probably didn't feel that way the first time because I didn't watch it at the same time as the first movie. Maybe I've just watched too many zombie movies since then. But my suggestion would be definitely watch the first movie 28 Days Later. You can't count yourself a zombie fan without watching that one. Um, you really don't need to watch the second movie, in my opinion. There's really nothing to be gained there. So, let me know your thoughts. Um, did you like these two movies? Do you like one or the other better? Um, can this be called a zombie movie? Which, I think it can. Obviously, it's an uh, apocalyptic movie. And, um, so let me know. I thought the first one was a lot of fun. So, until next week... Watch out for the infected zombies, walkers, whatever you want to call them. Watch out for them, and we'll see you here next week. Thanks. Bye.